Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. sweetly near unto me he whispers words of wisdom that banished out and quiet fear for I am walking every day with Jesus with Jesus my Savior for I am walking every day with Jesus, I'll go with him, with him all the way. I am walking every day with Jesus, although his face I cannot see. He has said I will be with thee always. His promise is enough for me. For I am walking every day with Jesus, with Jesus, my Savior. For I am walking every day with Jesus, I'll go with him, with him all the Our Heavenly Father, we pray to Thee, we who are here in the studio, and we who listen to the radio, we seek Thee for Thy blessing today. We pray for the peace of the world, and for everyone who needs Thy help and blessing, physically or spiritually. In Jesus' name we ask it. Oh, 
Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. Miss Delker's song now is full of hope for everyone. We are encouraged to look ahead to the day when Jesus comes some bright morning. Sun is shining in the town. 
shall see the Lord of harvest by and by. A ship's librarian on receiving a package of food from home tried to hide his treasure where the other sailors would not find it. When he opened a cabinet in the library, he found 50 dusty Bibles. The books apparently had not been opened. One by one, he tossed them out of the porthole, planning to store his gift package where they had been kept. Just as soon as he closed the cabinet door, he heard the voice booming down the hatch. What's going on down there? Nothing, Captain. Why? He called out innocently. Come up on deck and see why, commanded the officer. To his surprise, he saw a fleet of Bibles floating about ten yards apart in a beautiful, slow-moving ark. He said, I'm sorry, Captain. I thought they would sink. The atheist, infidel, agnostic, evolutionist, and other critics have always thought the same thing. But the word of God will never sink. Because it has stood the attack of time, we ought to know more about the Bible and its message for us. Lead me gently home, Father, lead me gently home. When life's toils are ended and parting days have come, sin no more shall tempt me, ne'er from thee I'll Gently, lead me gently. Home, lead me gently. Home, 
This week, our speaker, HMS Richards, is conducting an evangelistic campaign in Battle Creek, Michigan, at the Battle Creek Tabernacle at 19 North Washington Avenue. Everyone living in the Battle Creek, Michigan area is invited to attend tonight's meeting and the meetings throughout the week. Continue to pray, won't you, that many will find Christ during this campaign. Now, here is HMS Richards. His subject, The Future Unveiled. Now, the first great vision of future things given in the book of Revelation is the prophecy of the seven churches. But we shall consider here the second great vision, the breaking of the seven seals. It begins in Revelation 5 and goes on through several chapters. He sees a vision of Jesus. He sees a vision of him opening this book which no other man could open. Because of our Savior's atoning death upon the cross, he and he alone has the right to open the book of the future. Jesus breaks the seals one after another and lets us look around the corner of tomorrow. Now the sixth chapter of Revelation. I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and behold, a white horse. His rider has a bow, a crown is given to him. He goes forth conquering and to conquer. White is the color of purity. This represents the first period of the Christian church. From A.D. 31, when Christ was crucified, to about 100 A.D., the death of the last apostle. Think of the tremendous work that early Christian church did. In one lifetime, carrying the gospel to all the civilized world, conquering and to conquer, it did go. In spite of persecution, it spread the glorious message of a crucified Jesus to earth's remotest bounds. But a change comes, and when he'd opened the second seal, he sees another horse, which is red. The rider takes peace from the earth. He has a great sword. This horse represents the beginning of the decline and apostasy in the Christian faith. During this period from about 100 A.D. to 323, when the Roman Empire officially professed Christianity, the terrors of pagan persecution began and ceased during this period. Worldly prosperity came and brought evil to God's people. At the beginning of this period of church history, there was terrible bloodshed, the red color fitly representing the terrible years of pagan persecution in which thousands of Christians were done to death in the amphitheaters of the Roman Empire. But now a change comes. Religion becomes popular. The emperor himself professes Christianity. Notice, as Jesus opens the third seal, and here he sees a black horse, a pair of balances in his hand. The next verse speaks of the commercialism that was coming in at that time. Remember, this is highly figurative, symbols and signs showing the apostasy of that age in which blackness compared with whiteness shows us what happened. From the time when the empire became popularly Christian until about 538, when there was a great political and official union between church and state. Yes, religion was commercialized. This pair of balances in the hand of the writer shows the financial and commercial characteristics of those days. In fact, we're told that sometimes even position in the church became a matter of money. The Christian religion was infested not only with commercialism but with heathen 
non-Christian doctrines and customs. And now a time of still deeper sorrow to true Christian faith came on the world. Beginning with verses 7 and 8, he sees a pale horse. His rider's name is Death, and hell followed him. Peace was taken from the earth. Men were killed with a sword, with hunger, with death. A prophetic picture of the darkest period of the church history. Sometimes it's called the Dark Ages. Not only a union of church and state, but it was a time when Christians persecuted Christians once in a while. The gates of hell, Jesus said, shall not prevail against the church, Matthew 16, 18. There were always some who were faithful and true. The Christian faith did not disappear from the earth. But those dark ages finally came to an end. For those who'd like to study in detail these prophecies, we're happy at all times to recommend to our listeners our free Bible correspondence course in which the historical revelation fulfilling the prophecy is clearly brought out. We cannot possibly do it in a few minutes on a radio broadcast. We go on hastily now to the opening of the fifth seal, verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw unto the altar the souls of them which were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. This covers the Reformation period, about 1517 to 1755, or to the great event which marked the opening of the next seal. Notice the question that the martyrs ask of God in this seal. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them which dwell on the earth? That's verse 10. How long were they told to wait? And what were they to receive in anticipation of their final reward? The next verse. And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. On my visit to Edinburgh, Scotland, I made a special effort to see the ancient churchyard of Greyfriars. I suppose it's noted in the minds of most people because of the fact that here is buried Greyfriars Bobby, the faithful dog which stayed by his master's grave for 14 years in spite of all efforts to take him away. But I was particularly interested in seeing the monument there to the martyrs of this very period of church history. This great monument is erected over the graves of hundreds of martyrs. And on this, it's this very text of Scripture from the book of Revelation is inscribed. As the blood of righteous Abel cried out to God for vengeance, so the blood of these martyrs cries to him for vengeance, not to man, in this figure of personification. God will not forget any of his children. They may be forgotten by man. They have died in some far-off jungle or some soundproof prison cell. From some deep dungeon their cries and groans may have ascended to him, unheard by friends. Apparently they've been forgotten or unknown, but not by God. The promise is, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. Our names are written in his hands. Someday these martyrs will stand with him in white. When the final roster of the martyrs is completed and the work on God of God on earth is done, they will dwell with their Savior, for whom they have died. And now we come in the next seal to the divine intervention 
in behalf of God's church. Revelation 6:12. I beheld when he'd opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. This is the final earthquake. It comes in the seals. The great earthquake of 1755, it shook the whole world. Four million square miles of its surface was especially destroyed. Ninety thousand lives were taken in the catastrophe in the city of Lisbon alone. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. The great dark day, May 19, 1780. And following that, the stars of heaven fell into the earth. The great star shower, November 13, 1833. So these events came, one, two, three, the earthquake, the dark sun, the falling stars, in the exact order given in this prophecy, fulfilling it. So we are living today under this sixth seal. The next words, and the heaven departed as a scroll and it's rolled together. That's verse 14. And every mountain and island moved out of their places. We're living right between verse 13 and 14 of this prophecy. Then follows the great prayer meeting in which all the infidels pray and all the doubters pray and all the sinners pray, not to God, but to rocks and mountains to hide them from the face of the glory of Christ, who's coming, the Lamb, once for sinners slain, now as King of kings. Then describing that, we go over to the first verse of the next chapter, and when he'd opened the seventh seal, there was silence on earth for the space of half an hour. That's the final silence in heaven, glory on earth. Jesus comes, heaven is emptied, all the angels are with him. The whole story of the human race from beginning to end. These events, these final events, from verse 14 onward, have not yet taken place. So we must be living there in that little space between verses 13 and 14. Are we ready for the final scene? Are we ready for the coming of the Lamb himself? Are we ready for the final unsealing of the future? If we accept Christ now as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, as we read in John 1.29, we shall be prepared to see him then as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, as the King upon his throne, when he comes in glory and all the holy angels with him. Then we may be ready to receive him and to be happy as he receives from his Father the dominion of the world. So, friend, today, open your Bible, study these great prophecies. Enroll in the Voice of Prophecy Bible Correspondence Course and learn all in detail of the wonderful historical fulfillment of these things. Know where you're living. And above all, know the Lord Jesus Christ as it is our privilege to know him as our Savior and the Lord of life. May God bless you, one and all.
streets and lanes and in the broad Statistics can be exciting and challenging. Since we went on the air nearly 30 minutes ago, the world population has increased by 2,000. As we think of the command of Christ to preach the gospel of Christ to all the world, we know that it includes everybody as well as everywhere. And the voice of prophecy has accepted this challenge. Radio can reach the souls of people as can no other means. We received letters from the far corners of the earth, from pilots riding in the skies, from sailors gliding beneath the sea in submarines, from travelers in their automobiles, each one listening to the voice of prophecy. But there are still many areas that we must reach with our broadcast, and as the population increases, our effort must be intensified to grasp every opportunity to broadcast this message of hope. We appreciate what so many of you are doing to help us to expand our broadcast into these unreached territories. We thank you for your letters and gifts and for your many prayers. How else could your gifts go so far in bringing a message of hope to the millions? Until next week, then, this is Orville Iverson of The Voice of Prophecy wishing you God's blessing as together we accept the challenge to look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Light from his word will shine. Have faith in God to bless your heart and mine. Have faith in God from first to last, divine. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope our program has brought blessing to you and that you will be with us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.